how you can learn the systems and skills needed to lose 100 pounds with fitness and weight loss coach David Falco on episode number 266 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. So from an emotional state, the two that the biggest things that we see boredom, especially that most people working from home, boredom or stress, boredom or stress. So this is really simple from a boredom standpoint. Again, this goes back down to like your calendar. Show me your calendar. Show me your calendar. I'll show you your future. If you have somebody who has white space everywhere and they have a bunch of downtime, of course, they're going to be more opt to go to their coping mechanisms. For a lot of people, it's food. I'm bored. What's in the fridge? I'm bored. What's in the pantry? Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Good, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Thank you for the pleasure and the privilege for allowing me into your earbuds today in whatever walk in life you're going through today. I'm here to be helpful to you to navigate adverse life events and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Please head over to drbradmiller.com where you have over 260 episodes of this podcast with great experts to help you to navigate adversity and to grow through what you go through. And at drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way, you can find out more about our coaching and our coursework. Losing weight is a big deal for a lot of people. It is a huge adversity for a lot of people to navigate. And it is complicated by life events, including life events like the COVID crisis, which struck literally everyone not that long ago. Our guest today is a fitness and weight loss expert. His name is David Falco, and he is all about helping you to navigate and get through adversity, particularly in the area of health and fitness. In his life, he was a runaway child in his own right. He had a failed business, and he was an abuser of alcohol, and he almost jeopardized everything in his life along the way. But he founded what is called the Inner Anthem Academy. And in this process, he overcome the devastation that happened during the COVID crisis to rebuild his business and to help others in the fitness industry to recalibrate and to serve others. And particularly he's after and helps people who self-sabotage their lives and to, especially in the area of their health and fitness. He's helped over 2,600 students and many, many, many people lose 100 pounds. He has a particular affinity for working and busy parents. In our episode today, you're going to hear his story about how the COVID crisis almost crushed him and how there were many other things in his life that were problematic and how he turned all that around. And particularly in the second half of our conversation, he's going to outline the processes, the specific processes to help you to overcome self-sabotage and to get control of your life and to have success. After we come back from the other side of this interview, we'll unpack those those uh, strategies in more specifics as well. You're going to want to hear that my wrap up of this whole 
process. Uh, his, his name is David Falco, and his, uh, his company is the Inner Anthem Academy. I think you're going to get a lot, of, a lot out of this conversation, particularly if weight loss is your adversity. Let's get into this conversation right now. So we welcome to Beyond Adversity, David Falco. David, welcome. Good afternoon. How are you? And we're talking a little bit about your present status about being a successful businessman. We know you've had a number of things you've had to deal with in your life. We could talk about a number of them. But for many of us, we have the commonality of a pivotal year, which was a challenge for many of us. That was the year 2020, three years ago from where we're. But 2020 was a pivotal and difficult year for many of us because of COVID. But in your life, you had a number of challenges to deal with. So let's just hear your story a little bit, David, about some of the things that you dealt with in 2020. 2020 was a hard year for many people. Obviously, the pandemic. I also had my first son that year too as well. And then we had some professional transitions. So that was actually the year in what I labeled 2020 as like just a year of transitions. Okay. Transitions with my family, transitions with my career, transitions with many things. And there was a lot of stress that was going on. A lot of, like we said, even for here, some adversity that was thrown our way. And a lot of questions and concerns that were raised uh, during that 12 months, 15 months, however long it may be. So just getting right into it. So just like many of us, when this was all going down in February of that year is like when things started to get more around here in the United States, people were starting to become mainstream media. People were curious about it. We'd been hearing about it across, obviously, in, in other countries. It was a real uneasy then, time, but no one really knew exactly what was going on yet. What it was. It hadn't hit until probably March of that year. Yeah. Exactly. And so I actually even remember we were at dinner with a handful of friends. There was about eight of us. And we were joking around about it, like it was just being extremely like hearted, ha ha, Corona this, Corona that. And obviously wasn't taking it any serious by any means. And we actually took a photo. It was interesting at the, at the night's end, we all got out in front of the restaurant. We all took a group photo. And then even when I posted that online, the caption that I used was the last supper. Okay. Uh, and lo and behold, a it was really foreboding there, wasn't it? My goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. And so it was like just going forward, like that was the last supper that we had with that. Even that particular group of friends, now even reflecting back on it, that was actually true. It was almost like self-fulfilling prophecy. Hmm. That was February, March. And this is what's interesting too, as well, just from a geographical standpoint, the end of February, beginning of March, when it actually got really serious here in the States, I live in Oklahoma City. And when things just became just crazy was actually during the Thunders game against, I believe it was Utah at that time. And if you guys all remember, if you guys are all sports fans, they were literally about to tip off. This was on a random, I think just like during the week, they were about to tip off everybody. The teams had all warmed up and everything. And all of a sudden, nothing was happening. There was this commotion on the court. People were like, you could see this, even look at concerns. And they put up on the huge billboard, they made the announcement, the game has been postponed. Everybody needs to exit the building, go home, et cetera, et cetera. And it was on SportsCenter and it was on right. all the yeah. other media outlets. So right, like they're here in the city. Being somewhat symbolic about the whole world shutting down, including an oh. NBA game. It crazy. Everything shut down. All the big, huge events. The big event, I live in Indianapolis, and they shut down the Indy 500 that year, mm -hmm. which is unbelievable. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So, but go ahead, please. 
all of the things. So that was like the beginning. Of, oh, this is here and this is real. Fast forward to March, just like much of the United States, they shut down all non-essential. I'm in the fitness industry. At the time, I had a brick and mortar facility that I'd had for several years. And so I was not allowed, essentially, to work, provide for my family, provide a service for my community, et cetera. So adversity, that's number one. It's like, okay, so how do I, what am I supposed to do? How do I, what do we do? And so we, a lot like that's the transitioned now, even fast forward to 2023, is there's so many things that are online. So we, we had to get creative. We had to get creative with, okay, how are we going to talk to the clientele? What are classes going to look like? Just like, how are we going to pivot to this online essentially this platform into helping people with their fitness, how we're going to run classes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we had this trial and error using Facebook, Zoom, all that stuff, just like many other people. Right. But it gotten to the point where people would uh, not use that particular service. It's like they didn't find it either enjoyable or they just had its own challenges because just like everybody else and everything else, even from hairstylist to massage therapist to sure. anybody that actually has to be, even church. Right. Oh, yeah. I was a pastor at the time and everything had to shut down for yes. close to two years and everything went online. So yes. It seems to me in the fitness industry, you tell me now, because I don't know much about it, but a lot of that's face to face, belly to belly, so to speak. A lot of coaching that way. Is that a fair assessment of how you do I at least did, did business at that time. Yeah, 100% accurate. I had been doing online coaching for five years prior to that, but nothing, just a little bit, just a little bit here and there. And then, so this happened. And so we had to like really get creative on how we were going to communicate what the service was going to look like. In 2020, 33%, and probably even higher than that, I think 33% of the entire brick and mortar fitness industry went up. Went belly up, closed down, and to never to never reopen. I was we, saying, even my own personal gym, a couple blocks from where I live, closed and ended up transitioning to a school and things like that. It went away. Yeah. It's never come back as what it was. Yeah, correct. And so we were part of that statistic. I had saw how it affected, obviously, from a business aspect. And at the point, it's like this is obviously this isn't working, and so we have to transition. And so Sasha and I, this was a really hard time because the reason why is like. We had just had Zayman, our first son, in May of that year. So let's go over the timeline. February is when it became mainstream. I believe March is when all non-essential were shutting down. And then eight weeks later, we have our very first son. He was a COVID baby. And so now we're like, okay, we're having to pivot. We don't know what this is going to look like. We just had our first son. How am I going to provide for the family, et cetera, et cetera. And then additionally, too, as well, Sasha, so my partner, she ended up getting fired. Uh, from her job. From a professional standpoint, not many people know this, but from a professional standpoint, the entire family was having to make these transitions. Yes. And so with her company too as well, they were downsizing. They were hit effective, like they were hit hard too as well. So they had to downsize. She was part of the downsize. So with the gym, with her former position, having the new baby, and then also being isolated in a pandemic, this was obviously a very challenging time, not only for myself, but for many Americans in the whole world from a mental standpoint, from a financial standpoint, but just from a just a living standpoint as a human being. I'm 40. I do remember the swine flu. I don't know if, you, if the listeners yeah. remember that, but it was nothing. It was nothing like this. No, nothing like this. We had never yeah. seen anything like this. And if I remember correctly, Dave, and if I go somewhere, you know, we don't want to go. That's OK, too. But then you have some health issues with your son as well. Yes. So my son is on the autism spectrum too. So we didn't discover that until later, but it's just, we have, yes, so we have these 
We had a bunch of us thrown up at us all at once. And so trying to figure out, be creative. And this is one thing that I want the listeners to understand too as well. In your life, you're going to have these major transitions. And these transitions could be from a professional standpoint. These transitions can be from a relocation, like whether you're moving cities, moving states, whatever it may be. It could be divorce. It could be starting a family. It could be a number of those all together. You're going to be met with a ton of challenges and adversity. And my key and what I even teach our students is number one is not to focus on the problem, but start to really troubleshoot and think of the particular solution. So simply just, we never, in our program, we never let people use the word can't. Mm-hmm. If we ever hear that, we stop them in their tracks. We recalibrate and it's okay, let's not, we're not going to use extremes. So we're just going to say, and instead ask yourself, how can I? Let me push back with you there just a little bit, David, because there's the other side of it is that maybe not can't, but there is the but, you know, what I mean by that is, but David, I lost my job, but David, I had to, my business moved out of the state, but David, my child was born. In my case, I had a granddaughter born in year 2000. I mean, year 2020. And and I happen to know from that perspective as a grandfather, there were certain dynamics alone about having a child during the COVID crisis, which were amazing. But David, I had to have a child. But David, there's the, but there's these realities is what I'm trying to get at, David. And in some mm-hmm. cases, like the year 2020, they cascade. They come one after another, boom, boom. But David, it's not that I can't do it, but there is so much happening to me. How do you respond to those who give you the and buts, those type of things? I would immediately say that we need to get started. There's no time to waste. We need to have a sense of urgency. We need to put a plan together. We need to come up with the options that are available. And then we need to move as fast as possible. Because again, it's if we sit here and worry rather than taking action forward, like nothing's going to happen either way, or the situation will actually even get worse. So I'm a solution-oriented yeah. type of individual. Because as you know, uh, stress comes when adversity comes, a significant number of people react poorly to it, including all the good intentions of our physical health. How many people? I'm included in this group right behind me. If I dug it out, I've got a weight bench and kettlebells and all kinds of things in my home office here, which is stuff I got when my gym closed during the pandemic. I got some home equipment stuff and Yes. was going to use it, but some people let their physical health slide. Do they not during their times of stress? Yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that always goes on the back. I say always. It's one of the things that's the first thing that goes on the back burner for many people. And that's even one thing in the process of this. So in our program, it's like we, we identify different personality types with our students by actually having them take specific personality tests to identify what their tendencies are. With a lot of our females, which is the majority of our clientele, not all of them, but the majority of them, they tend to be very nurturing, very caring, very loyal, and always attending to everybody and everything else. And they're making sure that their kids are good. They're making sure that their spouse is good. They're making sure that everybody's good at work, everybody else. And they themselves, their needs, their their wants tend to typically go to the back seat. And what we see happen when you compound that over time is not only does it affect them physically, but it also affects them very much mentally too as well. You get to a point of this chasm of despair and they're just like, they just do not like the what, they, they hate them. I'd, just be, I'd, I'd try to put it lightly, I would, but it's the truth in what I've seen sure. is that they're at a well, point that, where they're that just- That goes to depression and- Yes, you know, uh, cascading. anxiety. The, cascading, yeah. the exterior effects 
whether it's COVID or having a child or your financial situation crashing, whatever, are exterior factors, but our internal, our emotional and our physical health and all those things are the implications of those things, which which can happen to us. But here's a question for you, David. What did, you've indicated your situation in 2020, mm-hmm. had a financial collapse, your wife, your partner lost her, her job, your business was in trouble, you had a new child, you had all these other factors going on. What were some of the factors? What are things that you did and what you teach others? You just said, okay, we need to get started right away. Uh, if you're that person who's giving you excuses, what you say to yourself? What did you do yourself? What are some of the actions that you took and advocate then to help people get off the schneid to get going? I went and found help. I did the exact opposite of what some people would think would be the smart thing to do in a financial situation where they would either fall back and collapse and tighten up. I went the complete opposite. I went full forces like, no, and I went and invested. I went and invested in additional specialists and coaches for online. And just and so same thing with a weight loss, whatever it is, like you could be in a dire situation, but again, looking for a solution. And if you don't know how, whatever this is, because if you don't know how to find help, if you, you don't know how to do it by yourself, or if you struggle doing it by yourself, the best advice that I could give is find somebody who could be a quality reference and support for you to accomplish or move closer towards what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. Trying to do it on your own is an option. Is it the best option? Probably not. You could expedite the process simply by finding people who've gone there and done that. So that's what I did was, so okay. You, so you sought out like a business coach or something like this to help you? Yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah, I inv- that year particularly, I invested $30,000 in coaching for myself to help me transition into full online. So that's what we did. We ended up uh, shutting down the brick and mortar gym. We converted everybody, I say everybody, converted who was interested from in live to online client. And then we sought out additional clients too as well, but simply just getting into that type of model, getting into that type of route was, I don't know how to do this effectively. I've done a little bit of it, but not effectively. So I need to talk to people who, who have, what was their experience? What did they do? What was their pitfalls? So that I don't have to go through that too as well. So just that would curious, be my which, just out of curiosity. Did you focus on a business coach who specialized, for instance, in, in in health clubs or this type of thing, or did you seek some sort of a little more broader scope? Specifically for this particular, no, for being online coaching. Online so coaching. that yeah, aspect, yeah. that aspect. Okay. Online co- online coaching. And online business. Online business. Okay, I'm with you now. Yeah. So it wasn't just like from a physical, it's like, yeah, okay, it's where you help people online. But actually, it's like, how do you grow a biz- How do you grow an online business? That was one of the things. One of my coaches uh, out in San Diego, he helped grow an online business. To Very few people would know the name of the company, especially females. But anyways, that's what I did. I went and found help. I invested in the process. I didn't fall back and get scared. But just be bold and move forward and maybe into an area that was very uncomfortable, which obviously at that time was. Let's just understand the kind of this the kind of high risk, high reward thing that some people are going, whoa, wait a minute, that's deep. Because what you're telling us here is that you had some financial losses in your company and in your family unit here. But instead of backing down, you invested a significant amount of money to go forward. That's high risk, high reward stuff. Yes, agree? I would agree. Seisha at the time, Seisha at the time was like, she, she was very reluctant. She was very reluctant. It's like, we'd seen this occurring 
<laughs> we had seen the account, we start to bleed, watch the bleed, and then we ended up shutting down and saying, now we want to go spend more. It was very a different idea of what probably she had in mind. Yeah. But we had to have that discussion. So and- instead of a fortress mentality or drawing in, you went for it. You took, I'm just going to put it this terminology, you took significant, massive action out of your comfort zone in order to achieve some different result, also based on dramatic and significant circumstances that you found yourself in that many people did. Absolutely. Many people yeah. aren't going to be able, you can't always dig yourself out of what you're doing by just digging the hole deeper. You just can't, you keep digging. It's not going to work that way. So that's one thing you did. You took massive action out of something different here. Was there anything else that you did that you think was helpful to you? I'm talking about maybe an inner life process. You're talking about the kind of the business coaching there. Mm-hmm. Anything you did I mean, your psycho in your inner psyche or your emotional life or your spiritual life or anything along that line, which is a part of the transformation for you. One thing I wouldn't say necessarily one thing in particular, but definitely just sticking to my, the productive habits that I had. So a lot of people in 2020, their habits. So as I say, Somebody had to transition from working in the office to now working at home. They had difficulty with that transition, always working at home. Oh, I'm bored. They spend more time either just flipping through the internet or on TV or in their kitchen when they should actually be working on their computer. And so it was more of, was there one particular thing from a spiritual standpoint? No, it was more of identify what does work and what is working and keep doing that. And as we grow with these other types of skill sets. Okay. Let's talk yep. about let's talk about skill sets then that you learned. But you had to learn a whole new set of skills, or at least you had to adjust your skills to meet this situation here now. And let's talk about how your skill sets that you learned are applicable now to the business you're in now, and that you've come to a, a place of success. You have your inner Anthem Academy. What mm-hmm. are some of the skills that you teach? and are helpful to people, maybe not only in their physical health, but also in terms of their being able to overcome some of the things that they face. Emotional control is definitely one of them. Communication is a high pillar. Time management. And then definitely prioritization. Those are probably the things that are definitely holding people back from accomplishing any goal in their life is they either have poor time management, they have poor communication, they have lack of prioritization. So those are definitely some things that we focus on. Oh, and then again, emotional control. Things that we focus. And a lot of this is I can't use, I'm not going to use the word therapy. I'm not going to use the word counseling, but just understanding themselves. So as a student comes in, like I said, we identify what type of personality they are based off a series of tests that we give them. We unveil that to them. Okay, listen, so this is typically what you tend to do in high emotional states when you're stressed out or when you're worried or when you're upset or here's what you do well, here's what you do well. You need to understand that and how that also reflects on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Just to use the context of the physical health realm, what you are known for, the physical health of a person, their body weight and their physical health is not just about a matter of being 100 pounds overweight. It is also integrated to their emotional state, a little bit about their upbringing, their habits that they developed, consuming a whole pizza at a frat party instead of and six beers instead of one beer and one slice of pizza. Just use one example out of my life that that people have, that they have. But you're teaching here, the if I'm understanding you correctly, the integration of all these factors here. So let's take on, let's break it down a little bit further. If a person's coming to you and I'll just use my own self as a guinea pig here, 
I'm going to have a, it looks like I'm going to have cancer surgery about six weeks from now. And my doc I just mm. met with us this morning said, hey, it's going to serve you well if you lose a significant amount of weight in the next uh, six weeks. And I'm about 75 pounds overweight, more or less, where mm -hmm. I would be. And I've, in the past, I've lost significant amounts of weight. I weigh 240 is what I weigh. And so if you're going to work with me in terms of some of these areas, in terms of at least getting me on that pathway towards getting ready for surgery or getting ready for a major life deal, what are some of the, for instance, some of the, you mentioned communication. What are some of the communication pieces you would work with me or what are your clients with about in terms of changing patterns? Who in your life has a lot of influence in your day-to-day? My, in my case, it's my wife. Okay. So that is one person that we'd have to like get on board. And when I say get on board is like, they, she needs to understand the urgency of this situation. You need to be able to convey that to her and understand, and you guys can collaborate. All of us would be able to collaborate and say, okay, you have your surgery. It would be your surgery is here. So again, time management and chronological order. Your surgery is here. The doctor said it'd be completely beneficial if you Lost weight, I would ask the doctor, communication, would say, what can we expect to lose between now and the surgery? And then also from there off, it's like, where do I need to be? Where would you like to be? What would be optimal? What's my timeline? And start laying things out, mapping it out on a timeline. That's number one. So you need to communicate with your doctor, how much and by when, find an so, expectation. So specific with the people to communicate with and the parameters of the communication. Put we have, we got to get a game plan. So just the idea, ideas are nothing. I need to lose weight. I need to make more money. I yep. want to find, I want to find love. I want to find God. Like these are ideas. And like, it's just, and that's all it so is. So what an I'm idea. hearing you say, you got to measure it. You got to put some uh, timelines on it. You got to put a, a framework on it. So let's go to the next, at least one of the things I heard you mention is timeline or time management, perhaps that's what you said. Apply that either to my situation or one of your clients. You work with a lot of people I know who've lost significant amounts of weight. Apply the time management model that you would advocate. Number one, establish the goal. What is the goal? So same thing. First, communicating with your doctor. Your doctor says, okay, Brad, you need to lose X. Okay. Based off of where he would like to see you be and where you would like to see you be, we can simply break this down into a mathematical equation and set expectations. That's the key thing is a lot of times in this. So same thing as like, I'll use the, I use this in a spiritual standpoint. It's like, I want to grow spiritually. Okay. What does that mean? It's very subjective, right? You want to be able to determine, like you said, put some framework of what does that mean? And what does that mean for you? I want to be healthy. It's very subjective. I want to be healthy. You want to be healthy. My neighbor and his dog, they want to be, everybody wants to be healthy, but we need to actually define. Yeah. What does that one. mean? And what does that mean? What does that mean for you? Because what, what it means for you is different from me. So you're talking, it, if I want to be even more granular about this, you're talking about, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're setting a goal to lose, let's just say it's 40 pounds. My overall goal for many years has been to be under 200. I'm at 240. So let's just say it's 40 pounds mm -hmm. and to get under that. And you, so the expectation would be to set a goal of whatever it would be, pound and a half a week or something like that, or to be, to work out three times a week for 30 minutes or to drink eight glasses of water, whatever it is. Is this the type of thing you're talking about here, David? Actual goals of these type of thing, regimented, these type of things? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, we want to put numbers behind things to, again, formulate an action plan. So you want to lose 40 pounds I'm in our system, because that's what it is. It's a system. Okay. 
We anticipate you guys with full compliance to lose 1.7 to 2.3 pounds per week. Now, where do we get these numbers from? From the empirical evidence from prior students over the last 16 years. I've been doing this professionally for 16 years. So it's like when you follow this system and you're fully compliant, you can expect to lose 1.7 to 2.3 pounds per week. And now it just becomes a math equation. You want to lose 40 pounds? We divide that by 1.7 at the slow end. It'll take X amount of weeks. You want to lose it faster with 2.3. It'll take X amount of weeks. We have to establish what a normal rate would look like, what a slow, what slow would look like, what accelerated would look like. You want to grow spiritually. Okay. You can't just sit at home and just like, okay, how often are you reading your Bible? How often are you going to service? Who are you collaborating with? Who, how much, let's put, let's actually put some feelers on this and what's the action behind it to grow. So you're talking about accountability people in your life, this type of thing is what you're talking about or some sort of accountability system. Not an accountability system. I'm talking about everything, a nutritional system, uh, an exercise, like the whole thing. We cover everything from the workouts that you do to the foods that you eat. Again, from the time management that you have in your calendar, we collaborate with you and help you build this out. And again, that's one of the big things about this is A, communication, B, time management. The emotional control, that's the thing that takes the most time. Okay. All, Let's go there for a second. What yeah. is the emotional control aspect? Because that goes the integration of your mental and emotional state to mm-hmm. how it's manifested in your physical body. Is that not, is that correct? So from an emotional state, the two that the biggest things that we see boredom, especially on most people working from home, boredom or stress, boredom or stress. So this is really simple from a boredom standpoint. Again, this goes back down to like your calendar. Show me your calendar, show me your calendar. I'll show you your future. If you have somebody who has white space everywhere and they have a bunch of downtime, of course, they're going to be more opt to go to their coping mechanisms. For a lot of people, it's food. I'm bored. What's in the fridge? I'm bored. What's in the pantry? So we actually go and look at what time you go to work. What time is your this to this? What time is your this to this? We establish this from a 10,000 foot view. We see where these gaps are and we need to work on, again, an action plan to fill those gaps so that you're not just sitting around doing nothing productive. And then because that boredom will lead to your vices. Stress will lead to your vices. So we come from a practical application is, okay, how do we alleviate that? And so whether we're battling addiction, if I can keep you busy, and I said busy, if I can keep you productive, simply just by giving you more tasks to do throughout the day, we can lower the, pro- we can lower the probability of you eating, <laughs> overeating, yeah. or coping so that's, with that's substance. That's what a lot of people end up in front of the TV watching prices write stuff in their face with tater tots or whatever it is. And, yeah. And been there, done that. But uh, so let's get, let's get practical and pragmatic. You say fill their life with productive things to, to do, to be not bored. What are some, some of the things that you suggest? Particularly if some people are used to it, there's some part of their social life to fill the boredom with unhealthy habits. What are some of the habits that you advocate people to fill their lives? Situational. Some people have kids. Some people don't have kids. Some right. people work Some people work 40 hours a week. Some people work 80 hours a week. Some people live in the metro. Some people live in rural. They're, they, that particular stance of it, there's more of a customization sure. on the individual. So same thing, even maybe even like for your stand, for your position, when we're looking at this is again, where are those downtimes? How long are those downtimes? And then what can we do that would actually move you forward to where you want to be 
whatever that is, what from a physical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from a, from a family man standpoint, like there are other things that will always move you forward into the man that you want to become. So So I would, so what you're looking at is for what is the particular situation for each individual person to fill their life with meaningfulness over meaninglessness. Is this a fair categorization or characterization of what we're talking about here, David? A thousand percent. You asked me is what would I have people do? like to fill that space, I would communicate with them and understand to them what's important for you. Let's go to your prioritization aspect of what you're all about here. Thousand percent. So even in our count, so even in, in our mastering our calendar, it's like, we'll have categories for this. It could be social. It could be spiritual. It's like, we actually literally have category, category, <laughs> categories for whatever it is for the individual deems important. And then from there, we can map out a seven day literally a seven day plan from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed so that we limit the amount of time where you're doing nothing productive. Yeah. So if I'm understanding you correctly, if you said you're trying to look, you said, look at your calendar, you can figure out somebody's life. If they got a lot of white space there, you basically indicated that's trouble. That's not according to your plan. So what you're looking at is after a person working with your coaching program in our Anthem Academy, those white spaces are going to be filled up with other stuff. There's going to be green and red and blue or whatever it is. Maybe the green's for family and the red's for business and the yellow is for working out or whatever it is, whatever system that you use. But basically someone's life is going to be filled and not be bored. Am I anywhere close to what you work with in terms of when you work with people? You're on it. Some people would refer to this if you just even Googled like time blocking. I think that's a I think that is a, a term that some people have called this, but it's essentially that it's this time blocking. And what it again is like what we're trying to do is to limit and uh, eliminate any just downtime as much as possible and yeah. use that as product as something productive to whatever it is that you want. If you're trying to pass that class, if you want to grow your relationship with your right. spouse, if you want more family time with your kids. Well, it's so like also, I've also heard a term kind of mapping out your week and trying mm-hmm. and I've heard it also described as design your perfect week and then you know, make adjustments as you need to, but you design it ahead of time. And it includes putting in your blocks, your times, not just I need to go to work in these hours or not just I need to yes. put in there. I'm going to read a book for 30 minutes and put that in there, or I'm going to call my grandkids a certain minute, certain time or whatever it would be, put in those emotional, those spiritual, those emotional, those family aspects and block them into your calendar. Is that a fair way of share of, of understanding what you teach? There are reoccurring events that happen every single week. So we start there. So we got, I've actually categorized out to like the first like seven, right? So number one is we start off with your sleep. We create an expectation for when you go to sleep and when you wake up, right? We shoot for seven hours. Okay. So that's the first, that's there's seven hours in your day. Boom. So you you go, you literally block off the end. You use an example from 10 PM to 6 6 AM or whatever it is. Yep. You you put that in your, if it's a color code, you've got your green or whatever it is for that. Is that a, is that one of the ways you do this? Help me. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. It's very, some people might use the word militant. I just, I'm just, it's more organized and intentional. Mm-hmm. So yes, sleep and then your work. Okay. Does the person work 40 hours a week? Does the person work 50, 60, whatever? Okay. When is that from here to here? Okay. That's number two. So sleep and work are the first two. They're obviously going to be the ones that always reoccur period. So we start with sleep. Then we go to work. Then from there is where I come in. It's like, okay, now your workouts are going to be number three. And so all I'm asking, all I'm asking people 
is anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes per day. Okay. That's it. Just speak to those people who say, David, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time for others. Are you helping them find that time and to also to prioritize their life? Their what their big why is one way of looking at it, over being a slave to their to their past habits or something like this. Am I interrupting what you're about? This drill, this specific drill eradicates that excuse. Okay. Ninety percent of humans don't even know how much time they have. They don't realize that there's 168 hours in a week. They don't realize that their work and their sleep is not even a fraction of their week. And so we'll literally categorize it from here to here. When's your kid's stuff? When's your stuff? When's your work? When's your sleep? Every time I have done this drill, we have found hours and hours of open white space. Now, what are they doing now currently to fill those? They're on their phone. They're distracted by their phone or TV or... Something. All the above. A monitor, typically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you've got this process here. If I'm hearing you correctly, you've had your own adversities to deal with. And if we dug deeper, we'd find stuff in your childhood and other aspects of your life where you were in a bad state. And you have used essentially more or less this process here to recover from them yourself. And you just went through basically what happened in your 2020 for you. Yeah. But everybody has their times to get through and not everybody does it. They stay stuck in a state of meaninglessness and they need that pathway to get to meaningfulness. And and the one of the manifestation manifestations of that is your physical health. So I'd like to hear a little bit about how this is actually played out in your program. You've mentioned you're in the physical health world. Tell me about a person or a situation where if someone has undergone your process here, David, and you have seen and been a part of and able to witness and be able to celebrate some significant transformation. Tell me a story. Even currently, she hasn't updated it this morning. I am 0.2. <laughs> I am 0.2 pounds away from having my 10th 100 pound. If you don't understand like what that would mean to somebody, what do you mean? It's like, you can imagine 20, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds is significant for any individual, but having somebody lose uh, that significant amount of weight is life-changing. I'm um, one of those people. I lost yes, 100, 100 I, pounds about- I remember you told me, yes. 15, 16, 17 years ago, 2007 is when it happened for me. And I had bypass surgery is what I did, but but it is still super significant when that happens. But so I didn't mean to interrupt your story. I apologize. But please- Oh, no. Yeah. You've coached now 10 people to be 100 pound losers. So tell me about that. Tell me about this particular person you're working with right now about this. I think it was a woman you said, tell me about her, about what you've seen in her, what from the time you began working with her to where she's at now. Tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, and I'll tell you about her and I'll tell you about all of them, honestly. Of these 10 people, so I've been doing this professionally for 16 years. We're creating a 100-pound loser approximately every 24 months. Why every 24 months? On Chronologically, that's about how long it was take, anywhere between 9 to 18. But every two years, I'm, having an, I'm just adding an, another person who's lost 100 pounds, like clockwork, basically every other year. So the this current lady, she's a mother of two. She works in the office. She started, this is week, this is, a, she's in her 15th month. She's in her 15th month. 
Again, timeline-wise, number one is it doesn't matter about an age, gender, or whatever. we got to set down the timeline. We have a system behind this. It's going to be 1.7 to 2.3 pounds per week. So if you want to lose 100 pounds, we're looking somewhere in between, like I said, that timeline, some, somewhere in between 52 weeks to as quickly. as The fastest I've ever had anybody do it was nine months. Yeah. My very first one, this is great. I'll actually talk about her first. Her name was Leela. Love her to death. At the time, she was 64 years Young, I say young. She was sixty-four years young. She well, came good, in. Because I'm sixty-four myself. Yeah. So I'm yeah. That, so. <laughs> she was sixty-four years young. She was two hundred and forty pounds. She was on seven different medications, one maybe two knee replacements. She also suffered from vertigo. Obviously, not the poster child for health. And she came to me. She was getting close to retirement. And obviously, she had these aspirations to go and travel and everything that people talk right. about during their retirement. Her body obviously was failing her. She couldn't move. She couldn't. Just every, everything was. Everything is complicated. Everything is complicated having that much extra weight. So we started her very first workout. This is so funny. I remember that this was back when I had my one-on-one studio. So this was actually a live client. And that's a point that I wanted to make is all these people, these 10 people, some of them were in person. Some of them were online. Some of them were one-on-one. Some of them were in a group style. So there is no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong like path. It's just the so even thing with religion. Sure. It's like there's some universal truths, yeah. but everybody has their opinions on how to get there. Long story. Anyways, getting off talk. But with Lila, she did it in nine months. We set some boundaries and expectations. And then even with her on what she decided to do, I'm not going to share on how we did it, but she decided that she was going to execute in this type of manner, and she did. Now, she did not. She only deviated from our protocol twice in the entire nine months, hmm. two times. One of them was on Thanksgiving, and one of them was on Christmas. Okay, but that in an entire nine months, she had only deviated. So discipline two was times. A huge, it was a huge part of her uh, her process. Discipline, but yeah, but then again, having a system behind. So she only worked, so she worked out three times a week for 45 minutes that she met with me. So two hours and 15 minutes total. You guys got to understand this. Two hours and 15 minutes total out of 168 hours. She didn't do anything extra. The foundation was her nutrition and what we modified with that and how she behaved outside of the gym. Yeah. was more important than what she was doing inside the gym. Uh, she threw up <laughs> on her first, very first session. She lasted probably not even five minutes before she actually had to excuse herself to go throw up. She came back. I looked at her in her eye. I said, are you okay? Are you going to make it? She says, yeah, I think. I said, all right, let's keep going. And we continued on <laughs> with the session. So well, she, a lot of people would give up right then because it's uncomfortable yeah. to throw up. And then that kind of stuff, a lot of people would say, forget it. My favorite thing about Leela and like I said, is I don't know where she got this from, but she was an extremely hard worker. She was very disciplined and consistent. My favorite thing about her is like when she showed up to that session that day, I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. She had zero complaining. She had zero thing. She said two words. Okay, let's get it. All Actually, right. that's, three, that's more than two words. <laughs> but yeah, say the two two things. She said, okay. I, I said, Leela, this is what we're going to do today. She goes, okay. And not once did she question it. Not once. She had faith. She had I, faith in me. 
Yeah, faith and, in and, you and probably some inner stuff going on as well. And I'm a believer in that. That just in order to have true transformation, it does take you. You got to take the physical part through the action. You got to connect with a higher power. You got to connect with your inner life. You got to have some self. Uh, understanding of something greater than self. You got to have a process, which is where you come in with your system. And then you need to serve others with love and care. And you need that bigger, your bigger why. For me, for instance, I have two little grandchildren, five and two, who I really want to see grow up and things like that. You got to have a motivating yeah. factor there. So that's good. So just to understand that these women, in these cases, two women you mentioned here, have been inspiration, uh, inspirational to you as well, haven't they, to affirm and confirm that your process, it works. It works for some at least, right? It works. It works. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for some. It will work. If you put, and like I said, it's like, I base same thing. It's just not based off of opinion. This is based off of numbers. In fact, men, men lie, women lie, numbers. We have, and we can't say proof. That's right. even the thing in, in research. You can't say proof, which says research has shown that when you do this, the higher compliance with when you do this is the outcome that happens. Back to your aspect about control and about your time timelines and so on. You know, what you're sharing here, David uh, Falco, has a lot to do with transformations that you made personally, that you've applied to others, and then you're sharing it through your coaching. So I bet there may be people who are listening to us now and who are thinking, okay, I'm ready. And what you're teaching here is going to be helpful to me, whether it's about of a physical transformation or may apply to other aspects of life. But if people want to find out more about you, David, or about what you offer and what you're all about, how can, how can they find out more about what you're about? The fastest way is through Instagram. My handle is at freefalco underscore fitness. That's the fastest way. That's the platform I'm the most active on. I am on Facebook, David Williams, but I'm the most, I'm the fastest way to get a hold of me would be through Instagram. It's the easiest way to find and correspond with me. A couple key points though, I want to talk about and just whether you guys all need to understand this and whether it's, you're trying to lose weight, it's whether you're trying to grow spiritually, whether it's, you're trying to improve your relationships with your spouse or your kids, whether it's, you're trying to grow financially, whatever it is that you're wanting to accomplish. The key points that I guys, that I want you guys to understand is number one is don't go at it alone. Find support. This would be the biggest thing. So when we're talking about adverse situations, it's like you have the option to go alone. It's not going to be the best. You want to find people who have been there that have done that, that can show you on what to do, but also show you on things not to do so that you avoid those pitfalls and that you can expedite the process. That would be number one. Number two, you need to establish a system. It's not what we're going to do, but it's like how we're going to do it. There needs to be action behind that. If you don't have that and we're just spinning our wheels, it's the same thing. You could possibly stumble upon your objective, but I've never found anybody successful in either sobriety, in weight loss, in financial. And I've never found anybody who's successful who's happened accidentally. Yeah. You've got to, so you've got to do it. You can't do it alone. You've got to be a community and you got, you have a system. You said one more thing, was it? In the system. And then number two is there needs to be consistent. <laughs> there needs to be consistency and accountability for there. Again, I think that's also with the support too, as well. Yeah. Trying to do it, trying to do it on your own is an option. But again, if we're all left to our own vices, the majority of us. And that's where coaching and uh, having a process of which you provide can be a part of that. And we're gonna 
We're going to put uh, connections to what you're all about in our show notes at drbradmiller.com. And it's a fascinating thing. It's a needed thing. And it's uh, the physical health aspect. I, it's basically oftentimes it's a symptomatic result of a uh, person's stress in other areas of life. And it's pretty well known. And yet it's a reality. We have to deal with it. And you've done it. You're dealing with it. And you have the, you've got the receipts. You've got people who've lost 100 <laughs> pounds who you have that going for you. And most importantly, you've got the results and receipts from your own life to show for it. So fascinating story, David. Appreciate you being with us. And our guest today on Beyond Adversity, he is from the founder of the Inner Anthem Academy. His name is David Falco. Thank you for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Thank you, David. Thanks a lot for uh, for David Falco to be uh, vulnerable enough to share his story and what happened to him, particularly during the COVID crisis, how he overcame that in his business life, in his health life for himself, and he's able to then uh, uh, parlay that or to uh, direct that towards people like you. Now, particularly if you have a weight loss, uh, a weight issue, and you want to get healthy and get in shape, he may be the person you need to look to because he has this success story of helping many, many, many people lose weight and many particularly to lose significant amounts of weight, 100 pounds or more. I know uh, I just spoke in the interview about this a little bit, but I've done that journey myself. I've lost over 100 pounds in my life, and I know how incredibly difficult that is and how you do need a system and a process. And that is certainly what David advocates, the systems and the processes that you need in order to have sustained weight loss and get healthy. To rise above the ashes is one way he puts it. Uh, just to outline those quickly and for you to understand those and put a synopsis on this, they were basically uh, four processes, a four system process. Uh, it has to do with the number one is the emotional control. Number two was communication. Number three was time management. And number four was prioritizations in your life, prioritizing in your life. We'll put, we'll put links to his Instagram and his Facebook in our show notes at drbradmeller.com so you can learn more about him and perhaps uh, call upon David Falco, Falco to be helpful to you in your fitness and weight loss journey and know that you can do it. You really can. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, and that's part of my journey is the weight loss journey, the health journey. But I'm here to be helpful to you in whatever journey you are on to help you to overcome adversity in your life and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and a purpose. I just invite you to head over to drbradmiller.com for over 260 episodes of this podcast designed to help you to deal with what I call the five D's of, of, of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. You're going to find experts and other leaders to help you there. And at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, you'll find out more about our courses and about our coaching to be helpful to you. We love you and we care for you. And we thank you for the privilege for allowing me to come into your life here for a few minutes here today and to share this incredible story. We hope you come back again with us next time on the Beyond Adversity podcast, where we will continue to offer insights and teaching to help you to grow through whatever it is that you go through. Until next time, friends, this indeed is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. 
Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.